Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Andrew Boyd. I'm going to do things slightly differently this morning. I'm going to speak briefly and then we're going to do a short workshop which you will all be involved in. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that different? Oh, what a mixed response. That's great. Okay. It'll all become clear. It'll be fine, all right? So, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Where have you heard that before? Yep. Yep. It's all, Jeremiah, thank you, Blake. You'll also see it on some of the leaflets that we use when we reach out to people. But let's be really clear. It's absolutely true. God loves you. And his plan for your life is a sign and a wonder for everybody around you, including you. His plan is amazing. But it isn't simple. It isn't always easy. It's not sentimental. It is not sugar-coated. And for that plan for you, for your life, for it to be wonderful, for you to be a sign and a wonder, God calls us all to overcome. He's very clear about that. He calls us to overcome. And that's the journey we set out on. Not bless me, bless me, bless me. But Father, I set my life before you. You've given your life for me. And I will walk in the way which is Christ my Savior, whatever that may bring. Father, teach me, disciple me, make me your son, make me your daughter, because I want my life to be fruitful. I want my life to be a sign and a wonder. Yeah? Come on, it's the real deal. It's important. And for that to happen, for your life to be wonderful in that sense, you will need God's help. And you will need, you will need the help of others. We're made that way. There's no getting away from it. Let's talk a little about how God sees you and his plan for your life. And thank you, Blake, you're bang on. It's Jeremiah. But before we get to Jeremiah, Psalm 139. David's wonderful prayer. This is one of my favorite psalms. Anybody else's? I just love it. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue. You, Lord, you know it completely. And David might have added at this point, and yet you still love me. You see, you see me in x-ray. You see everything. You see the stuff that's not even fully formed in my mind yet. You see the attitudes of my heart. And yet, this is the wonder. Not that you know me, you're God, but that you love me. How astonishing is that? And you love me with a passion that cost you your life just for me, just for you, Monica. Just for you, Tom. He laid down his life for you. David continues, you, because you have a wonderful plan for my life, and it doesn't involve me just running wild, you hem me in, in front and behind. You say, hang on, whoa, whoa, 
This is the space I have for you. It's a good space, but this is the space I have for you. You lay your hand upon me. It's not a heavy hand, though sometimes it might need to be. But you lay your hand on me. I feel your presence on me. Such knowledge. It's just too wonderful for me, says David. It's too lofty, it's too high for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? The very first question, the Lord God asked the very first man. Do you know that first question? What was it? Where are you? Where are you? God who knows the answers asked the question so the man would ask himself. And so that all of humanity would spend our lives and our history saying, where am I in relation to my Father in heaven who has a wonderful plan for me? Let's orient ourselves daily, weekly, monthly, and every year of our lives by answering that question, where am I in relation to you, my Father? Because your plan for my life is far bigger than I could ever comprehend. You have far more significance for me than I could dream of for myself. My conversations will change the sound of a room. They'll change a person's destiny. They'll shape a nation. Your conversations will do that because God himself wants to breathe through you and breathe his life through you. This is deep stuff. And David goes on to say, for you, my father, you created My inmost being, not just my outer form, but who I actually am. Not just how I appear to be. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't know how I work any more than I know how the engine in my car works under the bonnet. But somehow, somehow, amazing, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was woven together in the secret place of just your imagining, God. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth where nobody could see me but you because I'm in your mind's eye when you make me. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This is true of you. This is true of you, Sandra. Come on, everything, everything in your life, the ups and the downs, the things you're called to overcome in, the joy, the delight, all of it is written in his book. He knows. And his purpose for you is wonderful. Wonderful. He loves you. He looks at you and he sees such promise. Promises that can only be fulfilled in relationship with him and in relationship with others. And he knows full well what it will cost him to see the promise that you represent fulfilled. He knew the cost of saving you and he gladly paid it. You are the joy set before him. You're the joy set before him. Why he did it? Because he saw your face. Because his plans for you are wonderful. Can you just say wonderful with me? Come on. So he calls out daily, where are you, guy? Where are you? Where are you? 
And our heart response is as David writes. He says, David writes, search me, God. (coughs) Know my heart. Test me and see if there's anything in me that's anxious, not fully trusting in you. Anything in me that's offensive. If there's anything about me that's a bad smell to you. And just lead me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Who is the way everlasting? Jesus is the way everlasting. Our response to God's continual question, where are you, is this. Lord, I want all that you are. This is David's heart. And I want all that you have for me. But I will never, ever be able to get that just by myself. Jeremiah 1.5. It's the same. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you. Before you were born, I knew you. And a big smile on my face. That's a good one. I'm having that one. I'm setting him apart. I've got great plans for him. Let me tell you about some of God's plans for you. To do wonderful things for a wonderful God. Yeah, you. (laughs) To have life in all its fullness. Ephesians 2.10 says this. For we, you, me, us, are God's workmanship. His handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God who knew every day of your life and every situation and every circumstance appointed ahead of time for you to do. Just go find them and do them. Jeremiah 29.11. Back to Blake now. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. This is you we're talking about here. This is you. God loves you more than you love yourself. Much more than you can conceive. And his plans for you are bigger and better than your own. And this is love, this wonderful psalm, this is love, to be fully known and yet to be fully loved. It's astonishing. It's not just how we present ourselves on the good days. You know my thoughts even before they're on my tongue. You know the very attitudes of my heart, Lord God, and yet, and yet you love me to be accepted and lifted up to fulfill all that future and all of that hope that he has for us, for who you are called to fully fulfill your calling, to be complete in every way, a full human being in the image of your Father in heaven. This is his purpose and plan for my life and your life. I cannot do it without him and I cannot do it without you. That's how God made us. It's impossible without him. It's impossible without you. I need you. I need you to speak into my life. I need you to love and accept me. I'm talking to my wife here. Oh, she does. Don't read between the lines. (laughs) But I need you. Actually, you need me. I want his life in my life to produce his fullness in me. I can't do it myself. And there are obstacles to this in life. The word talks about overcoming. I'm just going to whiz through some of this. 
To him that overcomes, the book of Revelation says, he, she will eat from the tree of life in paradise. Come on, I want that. It's Revelation 2.7. He, she shall not be hurt by the second death. Come on, I want that. He, she will eat the hidden manna. That's God's revealed will and wisdom and life and strength and presence in your life daily. They'll have a white stone, and what that actually represents is a stone of complete forgiveness. It's like a tablet written down, forgiven. That's yours. That's yours if you overcome. He, she will have a new name. God knows who you really are, not just how you present. And he'll give you that name in heaven. He'll give you power over the nations. We're not, we're not going to spend our days in heaven playing on a harp, okay? We're called to rule and reign. God would do that in us, but we're called to do that. He gives us the rod of God's authority and the morning star. The morning star is Jesus. He gives us the one who overcomes. He's yours. He's yours. He is yours. He gives you white garments, name written in the book of life, in indelible ink that no one can rub out. You'll be made a pillar in the temple of God. What does that mean? That the temple of God, the place where God lives, is your dwelling place and home and you belong there and you have an important role there you help to hold it up you have a function there forever this is to him who overcomes you will sit with Jesus on his throne that's the reward for overcoming in this life I can only overcome through Christ through my walk with him and through you I need you and you need me to do. We are made that way. That's the complete equation. You can't take out a part of it. It's not just me and God. I'm not here for myself. None of us are here for ourselves. Our lives are to be wonderful because they're called to be signs and wonders. For whom? Not for you, for others. We're here for others. We're here to be fruitful. The tree doesn't eat its own fruit. We're fruitful for others. That's what God wants for us. We're not called merely to survive in life, but to thrive. We're not called to undergo and somehow get through it. We're called to overcome. That's God's calling for you. And I need your help in my life from time to time when I'm thinking, man alive. I'm finding this difficult. Yeah. If it wasn't difficult, what is there to overcome? Nobody ever said it was going to be easy. We were never meant to overcome on our own. To overcome and get breakthrough, we need the help of the others, of other people. And God gives us gifts of his spirit for that purpose. There's only one gift of the spirit that's for you, and that's tongues. The others are all God's power tools to love other people. Prophecy, wisdom, knowledge. The fruits of the spirit, that's a little different. Some of that's for you, some of it's for others, some of it's for both. But God's purpose in our life Do you never need patience with yourself? You need it more with other people, I think, right? Self-control, yeah, yeah, you need that for you. (laughs) Anyway, these things are for other people. For all the goodness of God to flow into my life and out through my life, I need you to help me. And you, I dare say, need me. David writes in Psalm 23, which is most people's favorite song. God prepares a table for me 
in the presence of my enemies. Sometimes I get to travel a little bit around the country and I'm occasionally put up in a premier area and I think they're great. And I'm not being paid to say this. Other, other hotels are also available. <laughs> but you go down to breakfast in the morning and you, and you sit at a little table on your own, okay? And the cutlery's there and you sit, if you're, you, you sit in your corner on your own and you eat on your own. That is not what God has in mind here. God is preparing a table for us in the presence of our enemies. You will not be dining alone in heaven and you are not called to dine alone in this life. This table is for now, not just when you die and get promoted. Together we feast at God's table and together we overcome our enemies. Together. Can you say together with me? That's how God's made us to be together with him and together with one another. Do you want to be lifted up and encouraged and helped to overcome so that you can receive God's full blessing in this life and God's full reward to you for you in the next? Of course you do. Well, welcome to church. That's what we're here for. That's what God purposed us for. That's why we have small groups which is the place to encourage one another intimately, get to know one another, get to befriend each other, get to share. It's a place of encouragement to encourage others and to receive encouragement. What I want us to do now, please, is just to break down into a workshop. Could I have the students out here, please? Yeah, come on, Laurie, come out. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so for everyone else, I'd like you to change the furniture around here, please. Don't try and do this in neat rows. It won't really work. Huddle, get four chairs and three people. Four chairs, what? I'm doing five. Get four chairs. Four chairs, four chairs, four chairs for three people. Okay, one, one chair blank. Form yourselves in a little huddle. Off you go. Kai, could we have the questions up on the screen, please? Four chairs, three people. Okay, so students, go and join yourselves, each of you, to one of these groups, please. The students are going to help you. They're going to facilitate. They know what's going on. Don't worry if you don't at the minute. All right? Okay, can I, can I get your attention back, back on me for a second just to tell you what happens now? We've got about 10 minutes. There are three questions up on the screens. If you find this embarrassing and awkward, you can pass, okay? There's no pressure on you. 
But I would su suggest to you, pick one of these questions, any one of them. And the student who is with you, because these guys have all been trained in being discipled and mentored, they'll help you. So whichever one of those questions you'd like to answer, given the limited time we've got, just share that. So it's what is the greatest blessing that you receive from being part of a small group? That's the first one. Second one is what is the most important thing the Lord has taught you in your Christian life? Your legacy track, if you like, that you pass on to other people. And the third one, it's just one of these each, okay? Whichever you want. What is the most important thing the Lord is teaching you at the moment? And right this moment, you're not here for yourself. You're here for those in your small group. So you pick one of those questions each, your student will help you. And you've got about 10 minutes. Off you go. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.